right, we back. It's the Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. And this week, we taking it back to the beginning of season six to remind y'all about the Chima 2. Ghost, hit the people with the facts, man. Yo, the Enhanced Chima Pro 2 Performance Skate Shoe emphasizes Vans Premier Ultra Cush Light 3D technology, a versatile combination of lightweight cushioning and support. <laughs> Donald, you thought that was it? The Chima Pro 2 also features Duracap-fused upper reinforcements, Vans Pro-like construction with evolved foxing tape for added flex and durability, and Vans' new Ultra Cush light 3d footbed the chima pro 2 is designed to withstand heavy impact situations man if that don't make you want to grab the chima twos i don't know what will y'all know i got mine and now i'm about to go switch from board to 20 vans off the wall since 1960 motherfucking six y'all drop that bitch This episode seven, I haven't seen my boy in almost two weeks, man. Feels like forever. You know, it ain't easy doing the episodes over FaceTime, but I'm happy to have my boy back inside Studio E. Brr. Yo, it's cold up here in Canada, motherfucker. But yo, there's nowhere I'd rather be than Studio E with my main man. You dig? Miami was a blast. Shout out to Nick Katz. Love you, brother. But yo, it's time to get shit cracking, B. I'm the ghost. I got my man D Jones right here and Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. It's about to be an action-packed episode, as they all are. We got another member of Team Handsome in the building, Austin Gillette, a true, a true gentleman, and we're uh, happy to have him. Then it's on to the post office. We always got time for the people. The voice notes were popping again this week. We absolutely love it. Then we gonna wrap it up with the rundown. The skateboard world source for sports, baby. That's what's really fucking good, yo. Yo, we got big news this week. Yo, it's only seven days till the clothing drops. Your day gets official. Check the fucking website, thebuntlive.com. We going live with the gear next Wednesday. You heard? My man, it's been a while since we put an interview up there. You know, print isn't our forte, but we got to give the people the interviews this Friday. You know one's coming in hot. Keep the eyes peeled. The buntlive.com is coming back, dog. Yeah, we reviving that website from the dead, yo. But yeah, that's the hottest place to be when it's popping. <laughs> but yo, one place that's always popping, our Instagram, at the Bunt Live. Holler at our Facebook, at the Bunt. Post office, baby, don't forget. And yo, send them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com, eh? <laughs> so like we said, man, Austin Gillette is in the building. He has been in the skate game since he was a youth, a very young man, putting out tons of parts, always uh, progressing the game with them backbreakers, dog. Hey, man, yeah, he's an innovator. He definitely does it for the culture, keeps the culture moving forward, you dig? You know what? Yo, he's on Team Handsome because he's a sexy motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, them tray flips is sexy too, you dig? This man can make even a trick look sexy somehow. Favorite tray in the game. Anyways, he rides for Huff, fucking Weekend, and probably some other shit. 
But yo, he's a real G and his interview is dope. Let's get this shit popping. <laughs> Man, y'all know what it is. It's time to get into the interview. But before that, we got one tradition around here. What's that? Oh, we- a couple steamies with the boys. <laughs> yo, I'm trying to detox, but yo, in studio we, it doesn't count as drinking. The only folks. <laughs> man we got austin gillette in the building how's it going my man good real good Real uh, overcast day over here so a good excuse to do nothing where are you at right now in cali yeah i just said overcast it's fucking raining it's a light rain it's enough to not <laughs> skate and not do a lot of things it's a perfect time to slide inside studio e yeah i was i was gonna do uh i gotta do some minor electrical stuff at my old house that I'm about to rent out. But on rainy days, that's usually not a good idea. But (laughs) we'll turn off the whole circuit and we'll do that. Damn, you in the real estate game? You're going to rent out your house? No. Well, I guess I am a homeowner and that's mainly because of Street League and me getting last place every time and uh, (laughs) making a fool of myself for a down payment on a house. And uh, yeah, lucked out. I think it was just timing. So yeah, I got a place like six years ago, and then uh, now it's worth like double and a half. Just the neighborhood just turned into the, it went from zero to to yuppie, which means property <laughs> values just went up really high. So I took out a took out a loan, and I'm building a house in the backyard with just the equity on the house. So no money really out of pocket. Damn, so I'm gonna live for free for the rest of my life. All thanks to Street yeah. Week. Austin's got it figured out. Yeah, not really, but. <laughs> few steps ahead few actually through podcasts i've i kind of like got on it on real estate at a young age i don't i don't know why i was just looking at like tax lien certificates and just i don't know kind of like cutty ways of investing and not being dumb with the temporary money that we receive from skateboarding man's got a good head on his shoulders you into that cryptocurrency as well or no <laughs> i think it's too late I think if we're all saying it, it's too late. Yeah, we steering. Are you clear. guys on that shit? Do you guys have that stuff up there? Oh. The internet. So I'm sure you guys have it. <laughs> oh, guys got yes, Canada we do, jokes, man. Eh? I was almost a stab. Almost a stab. <laughs> I see where we're going with this. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Just the whole Osiris video. <laughs> the storm. Big fan. I reference it pretty much every single time skating pops up. Any skate conversation usually goes there. So I'd, I'd say whatever those guys did then. That's the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind. And then, uh, shit, probably boxing at the moment. There's like um, these boxing fails, like when boxers get, when they get super cocky and start dancing around, next minute they're on the floor. It's really entertaining. I highly suggest anybody watching just those boxing fails. Just because I feel like it's just that instant karma and that, yeah, I'll go with that one. When you get caught slipping. Love that. So take it back a bit. Tell us a little bit about growing up and how you got into skating. Well, I was raised in Whittier, California, which is uh, just a suburb about 20 minutes outside of L.A., I guess downtown L.A. So pretty much the typical suburban upbringing. Whittier was actually pretty shitty at the time where my parents were divorced. So we were kind of hopping around from apartment to apartment and doing that stuff. I'm not saying that it's like eight mile or anything like that, but uh, 
you know, whatever, just normal shit, just divorce parents and you deal with that, the balance of that. So at some point when I was about seven, my brother was, I guess he would have been 11. My parents, uh, or my mom bought both of us a, a complete, uh, he got a world industries, probably like a flame boy board or something like that. And then oh, I got yeah. a blind reaper board. Safest favorite. Um, yeah, there's photo proof of this. So <laughs> yeah, I did that and then did some ice hockey and then, uh, that was too expensive. So kind of kept skating and then it turned into this guy, Eric Bavay, who I'm still friends with. He saw me skating at a skate park out in, um, Redlands. Yeah, that was probably around nine or 10 when I first got my first skateboard or skate shop sponsor. You didn't waste no time, yo. I don't think I was even skating at fucking nine. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't even, there was really no plan of that at the time just because of, I don't know, other sports. Like, yeah, I was playing ice hockey, really wanted to do that. And uh, yeah, it just got too expensive. And then I was playing, I was a quarterback for like this, what? for like okay. uh, maybe, yeah, maybe like a, a month and a half. Still got a good arm, but uh, how'd you do, man? Did pretty good. Start any games? No, I didn't. We didn't even get to that point. It was it was the point where they do Hell Week, and I had the choice of going to. Uh, my dad knew a chef at this skate camp that uh, could get me in for free for a few days. I could either do that or do Hell Week. It's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, skate I camp don't know. sounds I great. Yeah, I couldn't really identify with the football thing, but probably would have ended up doing some jockey shit had I not. Ended up skating, mm-hmm. which is jockey as fuck now. Anyway, so <laughs> we're back. We're back at it. You didn't feel like getting sacked on the football field, eh? Figured it was more rare to get sacked skating. I haven't been sacked, but I also haven't. Yeah, I've been on a, a trip for ten days, so I haven't even seen my balls. For... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got your first shop sponsor at a pretty young age. Uh, what came after that? What was your first big break in the skate industry? It was kind of. Uh, like company to company, just shop flow through, I don't know, like Element, Flip, and America, and just pretty much everything. At I was so young that it didn't really fucking matter to anybody. But I guess I would say Habitat would have been the first one. Yeah, like 13, mm-hmm. 14, Damn. something like wow. that. Yeah, it was super, super young. And that was kind of a shop flow thing, and then uh, kind of evolved into a... I don't know, going back, I actually looked at the videos, like the first Habitat video, I think it was uh, Inhabitants, Yeah, would have been the first one that I was in, maybe somebody else, like Steve Durante and all, and all those guys were in, like the, but it's so funny seeing how you look, looking at yourself at that age, like why would anybody, mm-hmm. there was just no style, there was no development, it just <laughs> looked, it was so shitty, I'm surprised they even saw anything with, in it, yeah, it was so weird, but yeah, I would say Habitat. And then rode for S for a little bit, true scuba. And then, uh, yeah, did that for like seven years, eight years. Inhabitants was dope. But yeah, you were tiny. Fuck, I just watched that like two days ago. Yeah, shrimp dick. <laughs> Definite shrimp dick. But yeah, I guess that would be the first first big break. So like we were saying, you rode for Habitat for quite a while when you were younger. Uh, what was it like filming for Inhabitants and Origin? Dreams coming true, dropping full parts. That was a difficult time, or Inhabitants was difficult, just, there was just a lot of pressure. I wasn't even supposed to be in that video, I don't think. Leading up to it, it was just kind of, just being like self-competitive and trying to not 
look like a little kid, but still was a little kid. And then I had Brennan, Con- yeah. Brennan Conroy, who uh, was kind of my mentor. And I lived with him for a little bit and spent time with him in SF. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, it wasn't that, I don't know if it was that stressful. I don't fucking know. Skating's always been kind of, or it's just been hard. Like not, not, I'm not really consistent in that sense. So like filming a video part's always difficult. But as at that age, for inhabitants, I had nothing else to do because I was doing independent studies at the time and then ended up going back to regular high school for the last year and uh, started filming for Origin after that. And then, uh, yeah, I guess Origin would have been kind of the the breakthrough part. For sure. I guess the part that turned me pro at, at, the, at the time. So I guess like I was starting to develop my own style at that point and and uh was a little bit more comfortable yeah that part was savage definitely didn't look like a little kid anymore definitely had that one on repeat for a minute all types of backbreakers a couple backbreakers yeah couple there might be some mbds in there maybe yeah at the time it was yeah i remember the front 180 switch back 50 then back 180 switch front 50 line was oh yeah mind-blowing at the time yeah that was definitely i mean it's still still dope obviously but I think that was Jake Johnson inspired. I heard he was trying that trick. I already knew the Gons one, but I heard Jake was trying the back 18050 and I don't know. You wanted to take your boy out? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely personal. He's done too many good things <laughs> that you can, nobody can compete with, so I was definitely going after him personally. <laughs> Fuck him. So you must have got to spend some quality time with the legend Fred Gow during those times plenty of time yeah any stories you'd like to share i don't know if i can <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can uh there was some pretty there was there was a funny moment I, I it was somewhere in china and there's photo proof i think uh fred he said he wasn't gonna party this trip or sorry he wasn't gonna party. <laughs> he, he finds his way we all know that and uh yeah we had this condo or this I guess I would say it's a condo. It's somewhere, somewhere in China. We were there, and he ended up coming back at like three in the morning, waking us all up. And uh, he met this Russian hooker that he called Svetlana, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then we all freaked out on him. Tim's yelling at him, so he goes back out with the girl, brings the chick, or he actually he fucked her in the shower, so we could all hear that. And then and then left and then came back. <laughs> he came back with another girl. He came back with uh yeah this black chick and she gave him dreadlocks or not dreadlocks. He gave him fucking corn rolls, and uh, I just say corn rolls or corn rolls. He gave she gave him <laughs> cor- corn rolls. She baked him a <laughs> corn roll. <laughs> now uh, yeah she gave him. Cor- <laughs> cornrows and then kept saying like some really racist shit like really fucked up shit just fred stuff that only fred can get away with and uh yeah then he disappeared for for two days and then came back and that was kind of i mean that's his known behavior this isn't any secret but yeah i think it was mainly shit in china that was kind of eye-opening at the time and i didn't i didn't i was so fucking young i didn't really know what was going on i'd only heard so I definitely saw his dark passenger and learned to to stay away. Does he just spend all his per diem in like the first day? This is a habitat trip. There's no fucking per diem. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> he's just spending all his own money. Yeah, wherever that's yeah, like iPath Doe. I don't know what he, where he was getting it from, but <laughs> he yeah, it wouldn't last long. That's the insane. role model you were looking for at a young age, man. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was either... <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah, it was just funny just being a kid, just because we're so, so different on every wavelength. Like, we cannot be any... I mean, he's he's one of a kind, so... Mm-hmm. You kind of yeah. just observe, you watch, and usually pretty entertained every time. Does yeah, he come he, through with some clips, though? Yeah, he usually gets the most footage. On every trip, somehow, okay. yeah. So it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it for everybody, yeah, and just seeing Fred footage and, <laughs> yeah, how he gets it, I have no clue, but, yeah, I hope he's doing good wherever he's at. Oh, most definitely. So after Habitat dropped a couple epic parts, things got a little shaky over there. You ended up moving over to 3D. What was going on behind the scenes at the time? Uh, It wasn't necessarily shaky. I would say it was stagnant. There was no movement right. at the time and, and over in Habitat. And there were so many people and we, Joe and I guess the people in Habitat shoes, like we all, everything turned into Habitat shoe trips. And I feel like the rest of the team was, there was some sort of separation where it was just Dela, Marius and I going on trips and, and Guru and a few other guys. But I don't know, it wasn't like we, it just didn't feel like Habitat at the time. It just felt like building this new company that didn't really have identity but had a lot of potential and i don't know that kind of weirded me out over time and uh yeah i guess when brian came to me i think it was like a tampa or something like that one year with the idea of doing a company new board company i kind of i didn't really i didn't really question at the time it wasn't even it was actually staba we ended up doing like whippets shortly after that did my first (laughs) whippet that was pretty funny um yeah i guess it would have been there that's how it kind of happened. So yeah, it wasn't, it, none of it was a personal thing. It was just, it was nothing against anybody. And I'm still, I actually talked to Joe the other day, cause Shushi and I keep in contact with all of those guys. So it's nothing like that. It was uh, more just for personal growth. And I don't know, starting anything new can, is exciting. Right. When there's like fucking 12, 13 people on a company and you're, like a newer pro and then the rest of the pros you kind of everybody kind of gets like pushed apart and i, I don't know yeah and then brian brian is very persuasive and you could trust a guy like him he's a big teddy bear and uh <laughs> he's got a very calm temperament and uh and a deep voice and you're just like i guess i have to believe this guy it's like he's got like the dos Equis <laughs> voice or something you know yeah so so after a short stint with 3D, where I think you've said in the past you were hurt for pretty much the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah, we started it, and then about four or five months later, yeah, I was filming in New York for the the tail end of that Huff video that we did uh, for the shoe. Yeah, it was the last trip, and then it was just pushing in New York, and both my knees kind of, I don't know, I could barely push without tremendous amount of pain. So you were hurt for pretty much the whole time, and now you've found a new home over at weekends it seems to be like a perfect fit how are things over there it's good it's comfortable i mean everybody's got their own thing going it's just a normal group of friends that i guess didn't really have like a privileged upbringing and a really big skate background it just kind of turned into it naturally so some pretty humble people on the team that haven't been that aren't really too jaded everybody's pretty excited so it's cool to see it on that side because 
I'm super fucking jaded to it. So just being around <laughs> that, I mean, if you've, I don't know, I'm, I know I'm young, but I've been skating for, or sponsored for 16 years <laughs> and traveling. So I'm kind of like pretty jaded to it. I still love it, but to see it, to see Grant bring some youth into a brand and I don't know, people seem to respond well to it, but yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see the other guys push the envelope a bit and not get so comfortable and kind of, I don't know, not feel like it's just a friend brand. I'd like mm-hmm. it to be, personally, I'd like it to be like a skateboard brand with, with a, I don't know. It has so much character, but I, I, you know, just being a part of it, I want everybody to not feel like they made it without doing fucking anything, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and they're all really good, so it's like, it's, it's, it's exciting to see everybody turn into th- themselves. Right. Definitely looks like you guys have a fun time fucking making skits slash skate videos and everything. Yeah. Definitely loving the vibe over there. The roast. One of the best (laughs) things in skateboarding in a long time. Did you watch it live? Not live, no. We caught it The live version was insane. Yo, this is a special Vans announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Vans is presenting the Canadian premiere of Spinning Away featuring Chima Ferguson, Tyson Peterson, Kyle Walker, and the rest of the Vans team. This Wednesday, March 28th at Spin Skate Park at 7 p.m. Come out and meet the Vans team at the Dime MTL store at 5 p.m. before the event. And then hop on that shuttle to Spin Skate Park for Spinning Away. Let's go. Um, so rewinding back a little bit to you and Dylan Reader hit like uh, the shoe free agency market kind of around the same time. I remember at the time that was like such a I'd never remember like such a highly anticipated decision. Two fucking guys at the top of their game were about to choose new sponsors. Everyone assumed you were going to go to Nike or Adidas or Converse, something like that. And then I feel like everyone was pretty shocked. You guys both decided to ride for Huff. What went into that? Were you guys talking together, figuring it out together? Yeah. What was going on behind the scenes? Yeah, he was talking to Adidas at the time, and uh, I was riding Converse. I guess Adidas didn't agree to pay him the amount that he wanted, so he was kind of in limbo, and that was kind of his only option. Besides, He didn't want to ride for anybody else unless it was an absurd amount of money. And, uh, <laughs> right, rightfully so. But, uh, and then, yeah, I was writing for, or just getting Converse shoes. And I really wanted to write for them at the time, just cause it's still like, it, it just makes sense for me to skate or at the time made sense for me to skate Converse. And, uh, yeah, just, I don't, I don't, I don't think it worked out just financially. They were going to pay me less than Habitat shoes, which is a real fucking slap in the face. And, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was super weird getting that from a from a company at the time where it was not that you expect this. Abs- it wasn't even an absurd amount of money. It was like I mean, it was Habitat shoes at the time, so I wasn't really getting you know I was getting an, enough at the time, but for I don't know, I was kind of bummed at the time that then that didn't work. So I ended up Dylan and I ended up talking, and uh, it was kind of my idea to hit up Huff just because we've known each other for years, and Dylan's known him for years, and. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like a company where we could kind of take control and and be able to design anything that we want. And uh, yeah, I ended up having lunch with him. And uh, it was just Huff and I. And then I 
asked him if if Dylan and I were getting on, would we be, <laughs> would we get a different deal? And it ended up being the case. And uh, yeah, I mean, he did better than Nike would have done for. I think Nike was trying to do both of us too, but then he bidded higher and offered friendship and and honesty and. Uh, oh damn. Yeah, I I'm very grateful, and uh, owe a lot to him. It's a power move by Huff right there. Yeah. You must have been hyped when you hit him up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really expect it just because we were friends. So, and, we, and we still are, but we just, like, fuck around. Nothing. We never really had any serious talks, but that was that didn't take long for, for him to kind of come back with an offer. And that was pretty much immediate. But, yeah, because there was nowhere left to go at that. And there's still right now, there's, like, I don't know. Teams are getting bigger. Not many options, yeah. Yeah, teams are getting bigger. People are getting better, and internet's getting more internet. It's all the way up here in Canada now. <laughs> the internet made it. <laughs> Good for you guys. Made it up north. That's just crazy, though. I just remember at the time, it was like, whoa, what the fuck? Huff? It's like yeah. Shaq and Kobe going to a small market together randomly. Like he, uh, Huff must have been so hyped. to. Like He probably wasn't expecting that you know, either. I mean, you said you weren't expecting it and it just kind of worked out and it's been fucking dope ever since yeah but i bet the opportunity to take it in a certain direction and whatever direction you guys wanted to had to be a big selling point as well yeah i mean that any creative freedom i'd sacrifice a lot i guess financially to to be able to do what we want to and and travel wherever you want to and you deduct that from your salary and use it towards travel then fucking sign me up Mm-hmm. So around the time your Huff shoe came out, you were going through some serious knee injuries, yeah. including a double surgery that left you legitimately handicapped. What's it like to be on the other side of those injuries? Depressing. I fell in. I fell into a deep depression without any sort of medication other than eating healthy, taking vitamins, thinking I was never going to skate again just because my knees wouldn't be the same and style wouldn't be the same and. I don't know, and I, I had a girlfriend at the time, and that helped out a bit, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a big identity crisis, and I think it's around the age that that's, I don't maybe it happened a little bit earlier, but without skateboarding, I kind of lost myself. I was just watching the world kind of go by, and that was, I guess, when Instagram was kind of like hitting hard and video became a thing, and you were starting to see that shit, mm-hmm. so I tried to stay off that, and yeah, it was a fucking terrible time. And I really sympathize with people of any handicap. I'm trying to think, like, I don't know, just simple things. Like if you're fucking, you slice your finger with a razor blade and you don't realize how much you use your your pinky or, you know, or yeah. you, a rib gets cracked and you don't realize how much, I don't know. Just simple movements. Just, I don't know, it was fucking, it was terrible. I don't, don't get knee surgery. Don't do it. Hey, fingers crossed, neither of us ever have to. Yeah, don't do not do that. What's it like now that you've moved past the injuries? You have a deeper appreciation for uh, for skating? Or is it like you don't want to take it for granted now that you know what it's like without it? Yeah, I guess being, I don't know, it's kind of making up for lost time and, and trying to compete with everything that's kind of going on. And uh, that's really difficult, but I'm definitely happy to be back on the board and being able to produce some stuff that maybe hopefully people will enjoy and very hyped i mean i i get to keep my sponsors and, and career that i've been working on for a long time and film with new people and build new brands and the only way that's going to happen is if i'm skating 
I definitely don't want to be like the... I tried the internet video thing for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I definitely don't want to be that person. I'd rather just let the skating talk. So it's definitely... Uh, that's that's kind of my new voice. So it's nice to have that again. Hey, you got a sweet voice if that's your voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice of you, Sabah. You mentioned uh, really nice. in your trans world catching up with you. You mentioned that you lost some sponsored, some sponsors while you were injured. Oh yeah, fucking, they definitely fucked up. Not really. I don't know if those guys ended up fucking over Habitat, which is insane. Official Jeff Landy, the photographer, was the team manager for Official, and he was getting free. The money. hat company. Yeah, he was getting free money. He's the team manager of Official, and I don't know what the fuck he they came up with some brilliant idea to sponsor a guy who doesn't wear fucking hats and uh, <laughs> pay me a thousand dollars a month to do absolutely nothing. And uh, yeah, did that for like a year and a half. Hell yeah. God damn. Yeah. Milk that thing. And then had an ad without wearing a hat <laughs> and then, <laughs> and they ran it and then I got kicked off. Yeah. Like midway through the, uh, the recovery. So I got kicked off by that. Some other shit. I don't really know what it was. It couldn't have been anything that big. But that, that, that one sucked. There's a few other ones. Making them all regret it now? Not really, no. Not a hack They ended up, yeah, not, it's but. weird. The official guys, I, I just heard today that they, they were um, distributing Habitat skateboards for the past few years or something. They, the guy, he didn't buy it, but he was just distributing the stuff and whatever fucked them over. So I'm just kind of like, maybe I'm psyched not to be a part of somebody that would do that to the guys over yeah. Habitat. But also... Thank you for that free money. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that like faucet that I bought at the house or some dumb shit or who fucking knows. <laughs> That's what's up. So we checked out your sidewalk mag interview from a little while back. You went at Ben Nordberg a little hard saying he wasn't a skater anymore and that uh, he cool guyed it. Did word ever get back to him? What was the aftermath uh, with you and your boy Ben? I think that came word came back rather quickly i forgot what he said but i just called him a chump and then <laughs> oh shit yeah i was just really fucked up like he he was i don't know if we're the same age but it, it didn't it sure as hell didn't seem like it and he just uh just a really privileged kid and and uh i i wasn't the biggest fan of his skating but as a person like he wasn't that bad and it could have just been fabricated to kind of fit whatever he thought personality maybe like dylan and i or somebody would like so he would kind of maybe just turn into a little bit of a chameleon and uh mm, okay, that okay. that that character trait just doesn't go over well personally with me just it's pretty transparent but it he was really good at it so it took some time and uh yeah he didn't he didn't go and visit dylan once in the hospital while he was sick and uh dylan kind of stuck his hand out for him and and uh did a lot for him so to, for somebody to do that is kind of a, I don't know if you could ever be a forgiven for something like that. Yeah. So that that's kind of where that came from, and and a lot of things changed after, after that. So I still stick to that, and I think he's a fucking chump. Damn, yo, yeah. You can't do that. No arguing that. That's yeah. Sounds pretty shitty. So how did he come at you in the in the DMs? Was he coming for beef or was he trying to <laughs> smooth <laughs> it over? No, nah, he just texted me. Uh <laughs> I forgot. I wish I would have saved it. I mean, who cares? I said something like that. Just said something really short. And uh, yeah. yeah, who gives a shit? I don't even think his name should even be. We're giving him credit by saying his name. I feel you. So you're set to drop a video part. What can you tell us about it? 
Uh, dropping a video part at the end of April, beginning of May, that I've been working on for about a year and a half. It will be a, I guess, a full-length video part, which, yeah, I guess takes that long. So, yeah, it's, we're probably sitting on four minutes right now, and then I got to try to, like, kill myself for a, for an ender and then a few more lines. and Not an MBD, but I want to get to a few things. There's a few tricks and things that I want to do that are odes to certain skaters. There's a lot of that shit where I've just been thinking a lot of about skating that I enjoyed growing up and tricks that I saw people do. And there's some Stevie Williams-inspired trick okay. that I really want to do. Switch shove revert? Yeah, there's one of those. Landed on it a few times. Hopefully it's oh, not the shit. nose manny, half-cab fakie manny. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like that one, though. I Yeah, if, if you're fucking parting on yachts and shit, you can't... You're not going to be doing the nose manual to, like, back 180 manual or anything. You want to... Yeah. You don't... I don't know. He <laughs> needed take it clip. easy. Relax. Relax. Do the yeah. nose manual, whatever <laughs> that thing. Just take it easy. I don't fucking blame him. Put your four wheels down for a second. It's all good. Yeah. And just, uh, I don't know, like, shit like... Like, I always enjoyed uh, Jeff Rowley's part in the... Uh, I think it was Really Sorry or something like that. It was a really slow song, but uh, really focused on him as kind of like a as a person like his the the drawn out roll-ups and and yeah. landings and, and shit like that and just kind of shows a little bit more character so uh pretty excited to to do something like that and not uh do anything that's that already exists try to take a new approach you got the skill for the mbds and the new shit so definitely looking forward to that there might not be an mbd but <laughs> <laughs> well it would be cool the trends. L- looking forward to some new trends you're going to set. Maybe a trend. Yeah, maybe a trend. Don't know what the fuck that's going to be, though. Rowley <laughs> definitely had the uh, pushing after you land your trick Yeah. trend popping in the really sorry. <laughs> Full flat ground trick after. Yeah, stuff like that's great. Maybe maybe like my when fucking Amish. <laughs> maybe I'll set a fucking the Amish beard because I can't grow a full beard. Beard trend, maybe. <laughs> Could be that. That's what's up. Inspire some Amish kids. That's my goal. You're also set to drop an album. Uh, what can you tell us about that? I guess been re- been recording music for probably 10 years. And uh, we had a band called Part Friend that was just with a, with a couple friends, like three other guys, and uh, just wrote music and put some stuff out through Spotify a few years ago. And then... Over the past, I guess, two, two and a half years, life has changed dramatically and, uh, and just people that have come in and come out of my life. And uh, with that, just development, being able to, I don't know, I was playing a lot of guitar and, and drums and bass. So I kind of developed a new sound and then decided to record a full length album in a, in a studio. Yeah, so I got that. I'm sitting on that. It's mas- being mastered right now. And then... Uh, gonna send it to some labels and gonna change the name to just i'm just gonna use my name i don't know why i think it's just because it's so personal and uh i guess i guess i have a name that can be searched on the internet i guess anybody could you could find anybody nowadays but to use that and people to know that it it's coming from me and and it's true yeah so that that's coming out i had a few buddies that played on that as well my buddy graham played drums and Danny Garcia played pretty much almost everything on that because I just arranged the music and chords and, and everything and then I'd get him to play 
the music because that's what he does for a living. Oh. So with two projects set to release pretty soon, which one did would you say was harder? The video part. It's yeah. still going on, yeah. <laughs> harder on and, the body, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of scares and my knee fucking acts up quite a bit and uh yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of jumping, a lot of I don't know, there aren't many lines and that's what I'm kinda concerned about. Whereas with the music there's <laughs> You don't have, you don't really have to worry about that shit. So, yeah, we did. Well, let's go with the part. That was that's the hardest. Lions, man, they're always fucking impossible to get. Yeah, especially here. I don't know why. In in Los Angeles, it's it's difficult. I w- I want to do like just the fucking Jim Greco thing and just like f- if I do it in slow mo, it feels like a line. Maybe it feels like a line. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Something. <laughs> I don't know. Just seeing people push is like that's everything. That seems to be what everybody fucking cares about now. Yeah. And like how their fucking dumb arms look. <laughs> if you could pick, would you rather have a new Danny Garcia album or a new full Danny Garcia part? But it sounds like he's on your album, so. I don't think he could handle a part. Not out of just like just friendship. Like, I don't know if he wants to do that. Of course, I'd love to fucking see that. He hasn't been skating too much, been super busy with music, but. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if we need a part. Just a couple kick flips, a couple switch flips. <laughs> you know that yeah. that would that would su- suffice. But a full length part, I think he'd have to move back to Brea to <laughs> to do that. <laughs> he'd have to go back to like Orange County and be in like this certain place to get make that happen. If you pulled every skater, he's probably right at the top of the list of like people that everyone would love to see see anything full from, part yeah. from. I bet, yeah. If it, if it's people like. Our age, I guess. Yeah, I after know how yeah. old you guys are, but thirty and twenty-nine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, anyone who who was skating when Mosaic came out and and that kind of stuff, like we we fiending that Danny Garcia. I feel bad for the kids that don't get to see that or like experience that shit. Yeah, like that kind of like style. wait for it to come out and then yeah, the anticipation and then finally getting it. Four years. Mm-hmm. Ryan DeRoche, our, our little buddy, he'd never seen. Uh, He'd never seen Danny Renaud's part in Mosaic, and I had to slap him in the face and put it <laughs> on. How old is he? I don't know. How Maybe old is he, 18? Like 19 or something. Yeah. 18. Fuck, that's a big... I guess that's a big gap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you just forget. You just assume. It's like you mentioned something about, like, Mosaic, and you assume anyone you're talking to has seen it, but, you're, oh, yeah, wait, you're, like, 11 years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, we were doing... we In the Huff Van, just the other day, we were doing, like, name name the video part with songs yeah, oh yeah but it, it was pretty fun just doing that because it was just with the, t- the team manager tyler and myself and brad cromer we were just all like djing and trying to get some of like the kids to the younger guys to name the shit there was one song it's by the buena vista social club and it was chad muska's intro song in the shorties video and fulfilled the dream yeah it's kind of skating around chinatown or something yeah in chinatown yeah. which was supposed to look like mexico and it kind of did <laughs> I was convinced that he was in Mexico, but now looking back, it's like off Third Street in Los Angeles, which is kind of it's Skid Row. It's fucked up, yeah. It's big like Hispanic neighborhood, but I fully thought he was in Mexico. Just <laughs> all in some boxes where there there's an actual Starbucks where he does that wall ride over the little like lamp thing. But it was funny not them not knowing that stuff and not like after moving last month or just a few weeks ago moving I, I found like a bunch of vhs tapes of all the videos i was buying as a kid and it was obviously like i said earlier the osiris video shorty's video 
I don't know, like circuit videos, form ones. The good stuff. Oh yeah. Photosynthesis. Some on videos maybe. There was some on videos, yeah. Fern layered on the couch. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he likes that. Hey man, you was just in Miami. You bump into Brad Cromer down there and ask him if we could be Brixton ambassadors too? No, but what I did do was go down to Miami and break out the Oasis pocket tee, you dig? Got my palm tree on the back and I was looking fly as hell. And take this in, I was down there with our boy Mitch, the little guy, and he was rocking the Oasis snapback all day, every day. Brixton's hot in the Miami streets. The ambassadors killed it with that line, spreading fashion fire to the masses. Well, while you two were down there in Miami, I was up here braving through the last few days of winter in my allied cargo pant and my temptress hoodie. I was doing just fine myself. We've got the inside scoop on Brixton. And if y'all want to keep up too, make sure to follow him on Instagram at Brixton and on Twitter at BrixtonMFG. Don't sleep. So you were just on a huff trip in Florida, like you said. How was that? What's going on with a good friend of the show, Dick Rizzo, and the Florida legend, Brad Cromer? They do like two things. They, well, Rizzo like smokes weed and skates, and he does it really well. He does both really well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Brad, what do, I don't know what Brad does. He, he He's a simple man. He likes simple foods. He likes beans and rice. He likes... Uh, <laughs> walks on the beach and skateboard i don't know it's cool it's cool it's a it's a good crew of people there's i guess cromer and i would i guess be on this trip the older ones and the rest of them are i guess i don't know rizzo's 21 22 jake's 21 justin's 21 this other kid keegan's 21 so there's just like a big gap and it's kind of fun i don't know being in the position to like fuck with them but also do it in the way that like with the Habitat guys, they like really fucked with me. So I kind of learned from that and try to like sculpt it in a way where I don't know if you treat if you treat the kids with the respect and kind of, I don't know, give them a little advice and just like, hey, fucking you should probably read a book and not be looking at that. And you should probably listen to some music that might have some value and not be so fucking ignorant <laughs> and naive. It's just re it's really shitty here. And, with, and they all notice after like they listen to like some music and we could be listening. Who fucking knows what we're listening to? It's just older music with subject matter that maybe challenges your mind or does these things and new sounds that these kids don't they'd never hear they're not exposed to just because of the time period that they've grown up it's fucking weird because i'm only 26 but a 21 year old feels like a 14 year old mm -hmm. yeah. just especially for someone like you you've up. been around for a while man that shouldn't be that big of a gap but like filming sponsor me tapes on vhs and then fucking editing it on VHS, like and that was part of what we were doing and filming High 8. So it was part of that natural evolving or challenge of getting stuff to sponsors to make things happen. I don't know. It's fucking shitty. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, it's not, it's not a problem. That's just how things go. But yeah, it's no, nobody, nobody reads anymore. <laughs> That's all I've learned. Nobody reads. <laughs> Man, I'm guilty of that. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, we all are, but... I haven't read a book in, like, a couple years. What's happening with Peter Ramondetta? I didn't see him on the trip. No, Peter, I don't know what Peter's up to. 
I heard some rumors that I, I I don't know. I think he's dealing with some some family stuff or something like that. I yeah. think he's back home. But yeah, I don't really know. I don't, I don't think he's skating too much. I'm sure the weather's really shitty there at the moment. But um, hopefully he's all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> miss you, Pete. So tell us a little bit about your clothing company, Former. It's a skate surf mix. What's going on with the brand? You guys heard about it? You're looking at your phone to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was uh, a lot of us. We, Dylan, myself, were the skaters. And then Craig Anderson and Dave Reynolds were the surfers. And I guess we would both be the equivalent. We'd be the same exact. It's just a mirrored image, different sport. Mm -hmm. And it, it couldn't really work any better. And at the time, we were all out of our contracts. And, and, uh, the guy Campbell Milligan, who does, uh, Monster Children. I don't know if you guys have heard of that magazine. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, hell yeah. We did an interview with them. Shouts to oh, Monster did you? Children. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking some funny funny guys over there. And girls. Big staff. Big staff. <laughs> funny people. Good people. But, uh, yeah, it was it was actually his idea. He did the original intro email with all of us. And we'd, we'd all met each other on a previous trip that we all did. And, uh, yeah, kind of it, it took us two and a half years to figure out a name. And then... Ended up finding a designer, and yeah, it's it, we, it's all it's all happened naturally, and we've definitely learned a lot, even with just the two ranges that we've just put out, and how things, how quickly things move, and how much you're required to update people, and and I don't know, people fucking forget. So our our main platform is is Instagram, and then we have the website. So we're gonna start doing retail in the next month or two. And uh, we're kind of opening that up to select shops and, I don't know, trying to kind of involve everybody. We At first we were trying to, I mean, all the clothes are technically designer. They're all, they're not existing shapes and sizes and cut and shows. We, everything's custom at the moment. And uh, we kind of try to do that and it is working, but at the same time, people don't really give a shit. Like they, they want to wear it because whatever we're doing they like it or they can identify with it so we're kind of in this we're adjusting to it right now and trying not to i don't know there's a lot of shit going on where it's really fabricated and and it fucking works and it's it's kind of a shame like there's a lot of big companies that i don't know good good for those people but i don't i just don't think the quality of it that is backed behind the roots of i'm not going to say any brands that i'll I'll get in trouble (laughs) for that but uh i think uh using the a, a clothing company as a voice is really difficult and i guess we're trying to do it in a way that's honest where it's not i don't know there's it's so easy for people to look a certain way like i don't know what you guys were like after i listened to a little bit of your podcast and I, I i thought you guys were from you are from the east coast but i thought you were from like jersey or something like that i was like oh fuck <laughs> like these guys are gonna maybe you guys you still have time to tear me up but uh <laughs> I didn't really know going into it and I don't know, just seeing people and you look at a photo and it's slap, they slap it on this a certain way and you think it's fucking cool, but then I don't know why it's cool. I don't know. I, th- I think if you just, if you do something well, if you skate and surf well and produce things that nobody else is doing and you're wearing these clothes and I think it should work and if people like us and kind of like how Volcom was in the beginning or something. Everybody liked Volcom. You don't know why you liked it. They liked the stone logo or something. It wasn't because the clothes were exceptional. But Just kind of a vibe you got from the company. 
Yeah, like everybody wanted to be a part of it. Every kid wanted to have it on their binder. It's like that's something that we kind of want to have is like, oh, there's an actual skate team. There's an actual surf team that mm-hmm. people respect and it's really tasteful. And I don't know. There's a lot of bullshit going on, so it's hard to do the all-over print and make millions or do something that naturally can grow and people can grow with it. Inviting the people to grow with us. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for Austin Gillette? I got to take a piss. Besides the new video part in the album. Oh, piss. <laughs> got to take a piss, want a cigarette, lunch. No, there's not much besides the album. That's been building a lot of picture frames. Got a, my buddy John, he works over, he actually, he works for Converse. He uh, has an art show coming up and I, I'm doing all of his frames, doing about seven frames for him. And I started learning about joint work and, uh, and matting, so... But doing picture framing on the side and then, uh, I don't know, maintaining relationships with friends. It's fucking hard. There's so much shit going on in this fucking <laughs> world. Like I've got 30 texts from people that are friends, but I don't know how. It gives me anxiety thinking about how I'm going to accomplish all of this in one day. And you're expected to text people back seconds later and you don't even, you haven't even come to terms with what you're going to do in 30 minutes. So you <laughs> let a bunch of people down and can't do this and your flake here and just that that stuff's and then yeah i don't know what else is next try to go to europe over the summer hell yeah i'll see you over there b where are you gonna be <laughs> let's, get, let's get a session uh where's the session you, man. i can't resist berlin one of my best friends moved there and so okay. i visited him twice last Berlin's year it's real fun gonna go this summer and uh do a little traveling from there but nothing set in stone all i know is berlin Jesus. Right into it. <laughs> Wasting no time. <laughs> yeah, place is super fun. Good food, good people, good uh, transportation, partying, if you're into that. That's all good over there. Fucking, And they got that metal ledge spot that you did your fucking line at. That's Oh, that thing. That thing exists there. There's some good food around that area, too. Yeah, I love Berlin. Good job. Stay there. <laughs> Run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ah, yo, it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week we brought to you by Quasi. They dropping a new fire video this June. You already know what it is. My main man, Jake Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Gilbert Crockett and company. It's about to be a fucking barn burner, you dig? But in the meantime, new Quasi decks are available in shops across Canada, like The Source in Calgary, Menu Skate Shop in Vancouver, and Sully's in Alberta. Stay tuned for video premieres of the Quasi video this summer. Yo, let's get this shit popping though. Yo, Austin, what's really good, B? Yeah. All right, bro, it's that rapid fire. Let's get into it, B. Favorite skater? That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> right now, uh, favorite skater. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were getting it with hot fire. I thought this is the part where you talk a lot of shit. We're starting slow. We're Start starting slow. slow. Let's ease into it. No lube. Yeah. I thought, so. I thought we were going into it, no lube, but there's lube. Uh, let's go, uh, who's the fucking favorite skater? I always like Dennis Boosnan, so I'm just going to go with him right now. Favorite video? Cake farts. Favorite video part? I'd go with Danny Renaud, Mosaic. Favorite style? Stefan Janowski. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Grant Yanzera. <laughs> Favorite trick? Uh, switch flip. Hardest trick for you? Switch flip. <laughs> Most illegal trick. 
any inward heel. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Kangaroo eating Wonder Bread out of my mouth. <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Anything Silas Baxter Neal's done. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? I did a big spin back tail kickflip one time. I guess that's technically a hard Damn. trick, but that yeah. was like when big spin back tails were, when Kayless and everybody was doing it, but we didn't film that. Damn. What's the one trick that got away? Oh, that's every clip, <laughs> every trick. That, it's usually like a few days. What's the last new trick you learned? A switch shove it nose grind or crook. Like straight on switch like shove? The guy, yeah, like the guy Mariano. Guy Mariano? Switch, switch pop shove crook. Nice. But not Sick. like him. Impossible. If you never started skating, what would you be doing? Architect. Favorite local brand? Home Depot. <laughs> Favorite local skater? Jonathan Fletches. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Bones. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Yep. Favorite teammate ever? I'll go with Tim O'Connor. Hell yeah. Nice. The homie. That's yeah. how we got your number. Yeah, yeah. I remember him <laughs> sending that text. Worst teammate ever? Tim O'Connor. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Worst roommate? Uh, I'll probably go with, like, Johan Stuckey. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> by far. Worst company? I'm going to go with any new board company that comes out from here on out, from this day forward. <laughs> I like it, yeah. Market's oversaturated as it is. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> We don't want you. We don't care about you. Worst trend. Oh, God, I love this one. My least favorite trend right now is everybody's arms. Everybody's <laughs> got a problem fucking style is, oh, I fucking hate it. It's so powerful, though. There's, like, this weird hecticness to, like, maybe the, the filming or some shit. I don't know. It's, I think it's, like, people copying, like, Bill and, sh and like, a few of those mm -hmm. guys, like, copping that shit but uh i don't i don't know i think it's just the arm thing it's it's gone too far like it's gone too crooked around? it's gone too crooked like the arms are too tweaked and the skating doesn't match how hectic they're making it so it just it's bullshit uh, yeah i know what you're talking about i called my my buddy tyler warren out on that shit <laughs> uh does he do that i don't know it's like waking up and just that's like waking up with like a fucking british accent or something like these people <laughs> just decided to go hello governor and they wake up and they're fucking they have that style and then they wear you know converse and in hockey and and all that shit but they're just not that shit, <laughs> shit. i mean the hockey guys are the trends. hockey guys yeah they are themselves oh, but like just all, a bunch of people like just i don't know it's a powerful trend but not even ho hockey guys are different. Like the FA guys, like their trend is super powerful. And, and uh, mm -hmm. you even see like Sage's style turning into his own. Like he was copying Dill for a long, you know, for like four years, the past four years. And now his yeah. arms have changed into his own and it's, it's awesome to see it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Sean Pablo's arms are kind of changing to into his own thing maybe as well. So I don't know. I think that's what happens. Like you hit that age and then people do it, but then... You got all these other people trying to like ride off their coattail and just do it. It's so fucking sad, but it works. Like people love yeah. it. And it's so easy to do that. Yeah. Just act a little wavy, a little wavier than what's happening. It's so easy. It's like, I don't even know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, you, you should film a clip like that just for shits and giggles. I've been wanting to, but I just, I know that it would almost be as if I'm attacking Dill, but I'm not. 
I would be attacking the people <laughs> that are copying Dill. Right. And I like Dill, but uh, yeah, what, people have done their own renditions and like changed it into like this new developed Dill that he didn't even have control of, and <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Oh, I love that answer. Worst style. I'll go with Nyjah on that one. <laughs> I really respect what he does, but he has a fucking hideous style. But I will say on that note that his shoe looks fucking really good. I don't know why. It looks like a good shoe. Yeah, I agree with uh, all of that terrible style. Shoe looks pretty chill. Last person you want on the sesh? I'll just go with uh, the Birdhouse team. I'll do what Rizzo <gasps> said. <laughs> I got your back, Rizzo. I don't know why, but... It's a rivalry, the Huff Squad. I'll just go with that, because I have no fucking answer. Shouts out to Dick, man. You know what? Oh, yeah. I got a fucking answer. David Loy. <laughs> Damn. It's I don't part know of how the team, he man. snuck into skateboarding, but he needs to get the fuck out. Nobody oh. likes you. Your oh. face is offensive. Oh. Your style's <laughs> offensive. You have no taste. Just keep eating the fucking ecstasy pills and fucking stay where you are. Oh. Oh. Wow. So you had someone after all, man. Going out with a Yeah, band. that actually helped. So yeah, thank you, Rizzo, for reminding me. I was like, fuck, who do I not I really don't like? I really don't like him. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's going to wrap up our interview with Austin. Thanks again, man. Sweet. That's it. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. It's time for the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, we're about to remind y'all, it's the Etnies album video premiering across Canada, April 7th in Vancouver at the Pipe Shop from 6 to 11 p.m. The video goes on at 9.30. Etnies riders Jamie Tanzani and Matt Berger will be in the building, something you can't miss. In last week's post office, we had a question about what's up with Alex Doyle's crew, and we might have botched it, but man, I got the answer for you. The same <laughs> night, Alex Doyle's overtime video will be premiering, so make sure you guys are at the pipe shop April 7th. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Thomas. My guys, love the pod, but that goes without saying since I'm writing y'all. I have a question that's been bugging me for a while and I have no one to turn to. I thought with your insider knowledge and skate wisdom, you fellas could help me out. It seems like every little ripper these days has a Red Bull hat glued to their head. I'm talking Jamie Foy, Alex Midler, Zion, and all those cats. Did they sign some fucked up energy contract that means they have to wear them all the time? Or do they get bans for every clip they get in a Red Bull hat? I'm sure they're getting paid for real. Those hats is ugly. Run me through the economics. Much love from Australia. Tom. Bro, how the fuck would we know? You feel me? We ain't riding for Red Bull, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious the guys are getting that check if they're wearing those hats, man. And uh, I, they probably, every time they're filming something or at a contest, it's in the contract to wear the hat, man. Yeah, you know Red Bull be fucking... If any of them aren't getting paid to wear that shit, they're playing themselves. But I don't think anyone's that loose. And uh, just kidding, I, wasn't, I didn't mean to swear at you. I was just in a mood. <laughs> And man, they need to give Tory Pudwell a raise, dog. That shit is uh, making it harder and harder on his skating. Real shit. That shit's falling off every fucking 
other clip be man needs to cut his hair he needs to take the kevin garnett route with the freshly shaved head and then the toque ain't moving one bit that's real shit all right next up we got an email from brian hurd what's one trick caught on film just mid-session with the boys that you landed and had no idea how you rolled away tough one man mid-session usually doesn't work for me in the ghost it's usually a long drawn-out process if we're gonna do something somewhere hyped on but if you know me you know i ain't flipping into or out of very much man i was able to get a smith kick flip on a ledge one time and start feeling myself a little bit you know <laughs> smith kick flips are dusty but that's tight i've done one too so i'm guilty for me it was this uh fakey big spin manny way back in the day i had a cast on and i was just like messing around like i don't even know if i had my own board yeah it just worked randomly so fuck yeah a little air cast clip eh oh yeah, yeah the cast was on my foot by the way so i made it <laughs> got cast on your wrist man <laughs> yeah it's big thing no all right next up we got an email from anthony sale what's up bunt major fan and longtime listener just a question for the post office my bad if you mentioned it already but let's hear how the ghost and dono got into skateboarding thanks Season 6 has been a barn burner. Always hype for Wednesdays to see who's next. P.S. I'd love it if you made a Bunt Mixtape Volume 2. It's gonna be music to our boy's ears right there. Oh shit. Ants just woke up in the editing booth. He's hyped. Uh, how'd we get into skating? Oh, fucking shouts to my man Phil Mendelson. Went to sleep over at his house one weekend back before we started skating. And we just were trying to figure out what to do, you know, as kids in grade seven do and we just pulled out an old board from his uh, garage and went and rolled down the hill in his back alley and then yeah you know what it is b started with a little slalom eh history <laughs> similar story i uh joined a new hockey team when i was younger maybe like i don't know man i was super young met a new homie big six i knew he skated he asked me to come chill on the weekend i was like can't go over to the skater's house without a skateboard man so Begged my mom's shouts out to Jude's. She made it happen, man. Ah, uh, six, eh? He's the OG skater. Hell yeah, the squad. All right, next up we got an email from D. Chillison. What's really good, Bunt? Shells from Ireland. I heard you guys throwing some shade at Vincent Alvarez not too long ago. I'm a big fan. Can't fade that switch style. Got me thinking though. I don't think there is any skater who has had such volume of quality footage sullied with trash music selection. I'd even speculate that the song selection slash edit on Alvarez's pretty sweet part might be the cruelest, most abased shit Ty Evans has ever pulled. So, what do you guys think? What skater has been most fucked over in the editing room? I'm talking about who has had the worst song and who has had the most footage ruined. Keep doing what you're doing. Best podcast out. Well, I'm sure Vincent Alvarez wasn't Tyvin's only victim in that video, but we'll leave him alone this week. Dude, we just listened to about 10 seconds of that song, and I think you're pretty bang on. <laughs> Tyvin's out here fucking everyone over, man. I said we'll leave him alone. <laughs> uh, one part that I was really looking forward to, and I feel like could have been an instant classic if, if the song was better, was our boy Chima's part in the real video. I was pretty bummed on it. I love the skating. Obviously love his skating. He's fucking beast, but I couldn't get into that song. So the rewatchability wasn't there for me, but they put out that remix. He put out a remix with like a rap track that was dope. So I was hyped on that. Hey, at least 
Chima, Chima got word, eh? He got word you weren't feeling it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, just going to hit close to home, Morgan Smith, when the blind fucked him with that Rush song. Couldn't have been any uh, any worse, man. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I think, was that the video when he had the dope rap song, but then they gave it to Kevin Romar? Yeah, they switched it on him. R.I.P. Craig Max still. All right, next up, we got a voice memo from Connor Clark. Let's get it. Huh? <laughs> yo, what's good, Stu? If y'all were put on death row and you got one last sesh wherever you wanted and with whoever you wanted, where would it be and who would it be with? Thanks for putting out the best content. Keep me awake from C-Rob's dusty ass. Shout out, Home Skate Shop, Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. Connor sounds like he knows what he's talking about, man. Dude, you guys cracking up over here. That's might be the new number one voice memo we've ever got. That shit was hilarious. Nice impersonation of us. <laughs> With the hard-hitting question, too, man. Got us over here thinking. We're going to try and leave our, our personal homies out of this so y'all can relate. I think I'm going to China, man. Never been. The spots are perfect. Still considered street. Maybe get lucky with the clip or two. And I think I'm going to go with Spanish Mike. I'm going to meet the good homie Johnny Tang over there for uh, for tour guiding purposes. And then I'm going to take half the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson with us, claiming he's the best skater in the NBA. So let's see what he's got. So Clay... Johnny Tang in Spanish, Mike. Death Row, China, baby. That's a pretty... Actually, China sucks, man. There's no no doobies in China. You, you hit yours. I'm going to think of a new location. Well, I was going to say China because <laughs> I feel like that's the only place I could get footy these days. The rugged streets are too rough for your boy's brittle body. But, yo, I'm going to fucking Barcelona because I've never <laughs> been there. And I'm going with Antoine Dixon because I've always wanted to see his style in person. I'm going with Galia Mamalu because, you know, we got to get them black man nolly heels popping. And I'm taking Rodrigo TX because he's a certified boss. Holy. You got some serious sessions going on over there, man. And Scott Kane in his prime, too. Jeez. Actually, man, I'm off China. If this is my death row ting, I'm going to want to do some relaxing on my last trip, too, man. I'm going to Jamaica, dog. We kicking back vacay style. Hell yeah. All right. Next up, we got an email from Justin Colgrove. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. Studio E looking nice right now. This is Justin from City Valley, California. I'm going to start it off with my favorite sports moment and skate moment. Well, I appreciate you. <laughs> this man's barging the he's show. He's a guest, man. He's, he's a, a guest. He thinks he's a guest. and you th- We didn't ask you shit, Justin. <laughs> so we're going to skip your favorite sports moment. Actually, the skate one's funny. Anytime I can land a nollie flip, fuck that trick. That's disrespectful, B. That's a very disrespectful. Beautiful trick in skateboarding. Anyways, uh, I'm going to be in Copenhagen and Barcelona in May. Would you guys know anything specific I should check out? Yeah, definitely head over to Machba. Hell of a spot in Barcelona. <laughs> you may have heard of it. And in Copenhagen, yeah, you're going to want to check out uh, that spot with the ledges. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, we've never been there, but uh, oh, you want food stop stores? Peep shows. God damn, B, what do you think this is? A Justin fucking... made himself uh, right at home inside the post office this week, man. Th- thanks we a travel agency around here, B. God damn. Also, any news on getting some video in here? Need to see you guys acting like goons. Love the show. Keep it up, boys. Hey, man. Oh, 
man shit's always popping you never know what's gonna be next skit live episode video episode anything's possible edgy we might have to drop the video episode on these niggies you feel me <laughs> let's get let's get an episode from the Beatmaster Antoine um no we're gonna keep him behind the scenes where he belongs because that fool <laughs> is <don't>. insane <laughs> God damn, y'all ain't ready to deep dive into the mind of ants. <laughs> also, let me get some gunshot bomb explosion effects on the transition after my email. Love that shit. Thanks, G's. Shouts out to you, Justin, man. Well, Ants is the last person to touch the episodes, and because you asked for an ep, I'm sure he's gonna love you off and like give you some crazy bombs. So uh it's in Ants' hands from here. Yeah! Bitch, I'm in these streets. All right, next up, we got an email from Avi Sturbins. What the fuck? All right, I've got to get this off my chest. Adidas has to be the worst shoe company making skate shoes right now. What the actual fuck have Nikel's past two colorways been? The atrocious purple velvet match court mid to this slip-on perforated leather all-white turd. Nikel is a rad skater, but he has the worst shoes, and Adidas is even worse for making them. They have to be running the worst company right now. I get he is doing his thing and making money, but damn, those things are whack. Damn, B. Well, this guy has a serious problem with Adidas, man. I, I ain't got no beef with Adidas or Nikel's shoes, man. He's stepping outside the box, the guy seems like, you know, he's about his swag and doing, doing shit a little different, so I ain't hating on that. Avi, thanks for the email, but damn, you sound like the type of homie who yelps every damn restaurant he goes to going off for one little thing i mean adidas makes quality shoes. how many shoes do they have you I want know. some plain black ones or some some plain white ones obviously out there bro. you don't have to fucking skate in a Kel's shoe and uh yeah <laughs> appreciate appreciate the the love though this man needs a trip to jamaica too dog real shit blaze one <laughs> anyways adidas is proper shouts to kevin lowry and my girl Nora, you feel me? Alright, next up we got an email from Same Band. What's up guys? Longtime listener and fan of the pod here. Your jokes and interviews have made a ton of early morning drive to work a lot less shitty. So big ups for that. Yo, that's why we do the show, man. Them bullshit commutes and mundane tasks. Get a little laughter in your day. You feel me? Uh got a question for you though. How do you guys feel about skating transition? I don't hear you guys talking too much about it on the podcast, so I know you're mostly about that street game. But who are some of your favorite rippers on transition? Will we ever see safe switch frontside grind the deep end? Woo! <laughs> switch? <laughs> uh, you ain't never gonna see me in no deep end. I fucking I ain't even trying to drop in on shit if there's that fucking that vert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it like goes inward. Yeah, we uh, we mess around with the mini ramp here. Spend a lot of cold winters at some indoor skate parks mini ramp is a staple in those indoor parks so we spent some time in the in the mini ramp but anything bigger than that man that ain't for me that's real shit i rolled my ankle one too many times in the mini ramp and i was like i've cut so many aspects of skating out of my life because i'm like it's not worth it to get hurt doing anything than my favorite shit so i only skate ledges now Mini ramp got dusted a long time ago, but in my heyday, you know, catch me doing blunt kickflips, B. Favorite tranny ripper, though, I'll go with, like, Ashad and Cardiel. Going Grant Taylor and Bob Burnquest, motherfucker. Hell yeah. 
Bonus question. Who's got the better mini ramp skills? D Jones, the ghost, or Ants one? Well, we all suck at mini now, but I, I gotta go with myself in my heyday B. <laughs> I used to slash that shit, motherfucker. Moving on. <laughs> Much love, guys. Stay killing it, my Duggies. Jake, Pittsburgh. Yo, I just drove through Pittsburgh on the way back from Miami the other day. Jesus. Shout out to fucking Big Ben, eh? Roethlisberger. We're going to wrap up the post office here. It popped off a little too hard this week. We don't have enough time to get through them all, but don't worry. We're getting, we getting them all eventually. Yeah, day. Catch y'all next week. Welcome back to the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Y'all know where we starting. It's the NBA. Playoffs are quickly approaching, and the fantasy seasons are wrapping up. My man to the right is in two fantasy championships. How many leagues you playing in? Two. That's 100%, dog. How you feel heading into the week? Bro, it's Monday night right now. I'm stressing. Dude, last night, after a 22-hour drive back from Miami, I was just lying in bed. I woke up like three times, like just like fantasy nightmares. I don't know if I can handle this for a full week. I just want to fast forward to Sunday and just know if I won or lost. Hey man, a lot of work is gonna go in between now and Sunday, so definitely would uh, take you over your opponents any day, man. I'm in your corner. <laughs> Hell yeah. So good place to start. Steph Curry came back for a very short glimpse of one game. Back on the shelf, three weeks. How's it affect you and the Golden State Warriors? Um, first, I love Steph Curry, but I'm definitely <laughs> cheesed. He's on my fucking team. I somehow, I barely won round one without him. And then he played for one game in round two. But that was a breeze of a round. And now it's the Quinn Cook show, baby. I told you, man. Yeah, yeah. Shouts, you, you told me to scoop Quinn Cook. It's that Todd Gurley effect, man. He's going to be on a lot so. of winning rosters, I think. I hope so, man. And, uh... But I'm playing against Cook in the other league, so I'm like half cheering for him, half against him. Anyways, in real life, it's a huge hit. Steve Kerr saying he doesn't think Steph's going to be back for round one. Steph's saying he wants to prove Steve wrong. We'll see what happens there. But depending on who they're matched up with, I think they win round one without Curry. Draymond, Clay, and Durant should all be back this week, next week at the latest. So not too, too worried about them, but it definitely sucks coming back from an injury in the playoffs. So it'll be uh, an adjustment for Steph. But they, KD did it last year. So mm -hmm. it's we'll doable. Yeah. From one injury to the next, Kyrie goes down three to six weeks. Small procedure. She'll be back for the playoffs as well. What uh, What's your take on this? That's way different because Kyrie is the only thing that makes them a legit threat. Uh, no one's picking them to win it, even with a healthy Kyrie. But, you know, they could make the conference finals. You know, like, they've got a high ceiling with them. And uh, someone's going to be fucking hyped to, to run into the Celtics round one if, if Kyrie's not back. So, hoping, hoping for a speedy recovery for him. That would uh, not be a bad, bad place to see them in the first round. Sliding over to the NFL. Well, this is a little mix of the NFL and the NBA. There was a massive dance battle that went down in Southern Florida. The Gronk up against Shaq. Who do you think took it home? I don't think I saw the full thing. I don't think Gronk can dance, man. I'm not sure he knows what dancing is. Yeah, he's <laughs> awkward out there. But I got to give it to Gronk only because I've never seen someone out like energy Shaq. Like Shaq 
kills dance contest like he destroyed Dwight Howard back in the day at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. But like as soon as Shaq went to take his turn, Gronk was so hyped he just started dancing again and like <laughs> took over. Jumped and on jumped him. on his fucking head. That was awesome. Not much for him to do, man. So yeah, I'll give that one to Gronk. So as we transfer into the NFL, Nadamakin Sue has signed with the oh, I always want to call him St. Louis, man, with the Los Angeles Rams. Buddy, is there anyone who's going to be able to compete with a team like this? Bro, it seems like they're killing the offseason harder than anyone. And uh, I wish I was more into Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and them. Like, I don't dislike them, but I'm not like... You're not sold? It's not one of my 10 teams I'm rooting for next year, you know? But uh, <laughs> it's also a team that I won't be bummed if they win it all. No. You, so, and you're going to be... You're going to be happy watching them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to sure, be going back sure. and forth. It's just Simon, our boy Simon in our fantasy league, his whole damn roster was the Rams. So it was like, and he won our league. So kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You kind of veer away from them a little bit. Yeah. The NFL draft is pretty much the next big date on the NFL calendar. You have first overall pick for the Cleveland Browns. Who are you taking, man? You going to go QB of the future? Let him sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a little bit. You going to go Saquon Barkley? Lock up that running back. Him and Carlos Hyde could be a nice one, too. Or are you going off the board? Maybe trading the pick, trading down. Who knows, man? What's your call? I don't have enough knowledge to trade down. I'm just taking what looks like the sure bet star fucking running back and him and Carlos Hyde can figure it out and then you're and then at number four you grab one of the quarterbacks then, maybe a little Baker Mayfield yeah don't don't put all your like don't blow it with a QB when you just signed Tyrod then what was the point of Tyrod is Tyrod? not a quarterback though he's like yeah if they draft a, if what they should do is draft a quarterback obviously with their top one of the two picks probably first Sam Darno, and he he's probably a better actual quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor likes to move around the pocket. We know he he didn't have great receivers in Buffalo, but he didn't really use the, even them to their potential. So what's he going to do with a Josh Gordon and a Juice Landry? Maybe he's drafting Sam Darno and by the third game he's starting, man. Yeah, who knows? But all I know is if they don't take Saquon Barkley, he's going to be lighting it up for another franchise on yeah, some real probably shit. probably the New York Giants had the two pick, man. All right, man, something we haven't talked about in a little while is the NHL, your favorite of the major pro sports. So just for old time's sake, we're going to do a little NHL trivia with the ghost, starting come, off with some basics. Me, bro. Come starting off with some basics, man. When the NHL started, there were six original teams. Can you give me the original six? Six? <laughs> I, I was thinking you were going to ask for like one. All right. The original six. When it Montreal first Canadiens. One. Boston Bruins. Two. Fuck. Uh, New York Rangers. Three. Yo, I are half done. Yo, we watched that doc, that movie <laughs> in like in English class in like grade thirteen or whatever it was at the time. You got three. Fuck. Um, can I look at a list of all the teams and pick the other three? It'll come back to me that way. All right. That's not cheating, right? That's not cheating. Get a list. All right. You got your list. Got my list. Here we go. <laughs> For $1 million, I pick Detroit Red Wings. Correct. <laughs> Alright. Two more. Fucking hell. Oh my god, wait. Now I just see a third one that I think it might... I see three that could be it. Two spots left. Yo, fuck it, yo. I'm going with the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Correct. Fuck! One more. One more? Philly and Pittsburgh... You, you, 
Not bad guesses, man. Last one is the Chicago Blackhawks. <gasps> Fuck. All right. Here comes question Yo, number two. That was two. pretty good. Four? Four out four. of six. Four out of six. Not bad. Next question to move on to the next round. Who? Which NHL great had the nickname Super Mario? Mario Lemieux. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Is that one too easy for you? Yeah, because that, that, the video we watched in English class was about Mario Lemieux, remember? No, it was about Maurice the Rocket Richard. The oh, Montreal yeah. Guy. Oh, shit. Damn. I didn't even know. <laughs> that wow. Just, that's just sports knowledge. Wow. It's a two-part question. You only need to get the first part. Second part's bonus will make up for your two strikes. What do I get if I fucking get this right? What do you get uh, me? You get to announce the On Wax weekly scores. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Which NHL great holds the record for most goals in a single season? Fuck. Well, obviously, I want to say... What's his name? Edmonton. Uh... The sweat coming down his face. The Michael Jordan of hockey, who some people, I think when I was in Florida, were saying he couldn't play these days if he, his body type ain't fucking, wouldn't be popping. Uh, Wayne Gretzky? Correct. Yes. Now do you know how many goals he scored just for the icing on the cake? It's under 100. 86. Close. 92. Damn. That's a nice little segment. We might have to get back to this. Man. Hell yeah. I'm going to start watching some, like one game a week. One game Didi. a week. All right. Shouts to Didi, bruh. Rumi. Is that where your knowledge comes from? Well, yeah. Didi fucking he's an NHL junkie. All right. So on to our host versus host contest. You know, I came out to a, to a big lead, but the ghost is closing the gap. He beat me two for one last week. Correctly predicting the Jazz would take down Golden State. Ha <laughs> ha. Knowing that the 76ers would take down the T-Wolves. And Bede shit on Cat. Cat had one of his worst lines of the year. Yeah, that's his <laughs> kryptonite, man. But my leaf saved me, and we took down the Nashville Predators. Two to one brings the the season score to eight to seven for myself. Within striking distance, my friend. Oh, I'm right back in this shit. That word I tried to say was distance. <laughs> <laughs> For week six, the games will be the Maple Leafs versus the Winnipeg Jets. Give me the Leafs, B. I'm the back on the wagon. Austin Matthews shouts to you, young blood. <laughs> All right. The next game will be the Utah Jazz versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Give me Rudy all day. He's going to shut the fuck up. I mean, he's going to shut Cat down. The, the T-Wolves owe me one, man. And the third and final game is the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Denver Nuggets. Give me Denver all day. Jokic, baby. You can have them, man. The Bucks about to go on a little run here. They ain't got no one who can stop that Canadian bacon, Jamal Murray. You feel me? <laughs> all right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the show. Man, in the next set of emails, please, someone send us in a punishment for the loser of this contest because we need to start playing for something here when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, it's getting close. And uh, shout-out to Markel Fultz. Got back on the court. I think he dropped 10, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds or something. Happy to see you healthy, young blood. Started off with an air ball and bounced back. Hell yeah. All right, y'all. Catch you next week.
Andre 